Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Welcome back to another episode. Today I'm going to be joined by Colin, and we are going to be discussing our top five tight ends ever. Then we're going to get on our thoughts to the J.D. Martinez contract, which isn't anything new. It's from last season, but I have a take on it that some of you may not like, but I'll discuss why. And why I think coaching still somewhat matters in the NBA, even though I said it, it's race. It is still a player's league, but it still matters, and we'll get to all of that. But first, we are going to get to our top five tight ends ever, because we had a caller call in, um, Billy, from, uh, uh, Villarica, yeah, but we Villarica. all know, not really Billy. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's get to his call and then we'll discuss our top five tight ends ever. And, um, yeah, we'll discuss all that. So let's listen. Yeah, this is Billy from Billrica. And I'm a little upset over your comments saying that Grob Gronkowski wasn't even in the top five tight ends. I'd like to hear who your top five tight ends and why. And why Rob Gronkowski doesn't make that list. I'd appreciate that. Thanks. So that was our first caller. And so basically a few episodes back, and go listen to that, I said... Rob Gronkowski's Colin said, "Yeah, he's a top five ten all top ten tight end all time." And I said, "Yes, no doubt, probably top seven, and yeah, I say probably top five too." Yeah, top top five. He's in my top five at the time, though. It was just a bit of an exaggeration. But here's the thing: I think you can make a case for him to be outside the top five. And I'm not. Listen, you guys are gonna be like, "Oh my God!" Throwing your hands up in the air. Billy's the reason be is because seven more the, the reason is he only played nine seasons, was just banged up half the time. That's why you can make an argument that he's outside the top five. He's still in my top five. Don't get me mm. wrong. But it's just because he only played nine seasons, he's banged up like half the time. And yeah, he if he was not banged up in, even in those nine seasons, he probably could end up being the greatest end, tight end of all time, which is crazy. Um, but that that's you can go back to listen to that. He's no doubt top seven, but top five. He's in my top five. You'll hear where he is in a minute. But you just make a little bit of an argument. So I said, yeah, he's probably top five. The only so, reason I said top 10 a couple episodes back is because I was just throwing it out there, like, where he definitely was. Like, yeah, definitely, definitely top, top seven, and I think he's in 97% of people's top five, 95. Like, because I need to, like, actually, like, look at some of, like, the other tight ends to decide whether he's in, like, top five or not. Yeah. So, I was just throwing off the top of my head, yeah, definitely. All right. So, uh, let's get to our um, top five greatest tight ends. So, we're going to start. Five, four, three, two, one. And I will say, now that I look at it, when I said he's probably top five, he's in my top three. So I don't know what, like, because I had a list, and now I look at it again. Yeah, he's top three. So at the time, I said, yeah. And you can make a good argument he's top five. So I meant he's top five. Um, So... Billy, he's in my top five. Uh, Billy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> wink, Billy. wink, hint, hint, nod, nod. Billy. All right, so number five for me is Kellen Winslow. And Winslow played in 1979 to 
1987. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's a three-time first-team All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, played 109 games, 541 catches, 6,741 yards, and 45 touchdowns. So those are, like, solid stats, but they don't seem like top five stats, but he slips in my top five. Uh, I wanted to put Ozzie uh, Newsom in there, but... I feel like uh, they played same period, and I thought Winslow was slightly better. And then, uh, you know, uh, you can make an argument for a few other guys, but Winslow is my fifth. Who's your fifth? Okay, so my fifth player is Jason Witten. So he played from with um, Dallas from 2003 to right now, right? Uh, 2017, retired for a year, and now he's back for this year. Okay, and... He was a two-time first-team All-Pro, yeah. 11-time Pro Bowler, 239 games played, 1,152 catches, 12,448 yards, 10.8 yards per catch, and 68 touchdowns. And Those are definitely top five stats. Well, and now here you're saying that. Well, here's the thing that you're saying. You look at Ken, Kellen Winslow, and you're saying, yeah, Witten's stats are better. But Witten played... For what Winslow p- played, Winslow played for a total of eight seasons, basically the time Gronk did. Jason Witten played from 2003 to 2017, it's 14 seasons or something. Now he's coming back this year. And when Winslow played, it was more run game than pass game. The pass game evolves more and more every year. So Witten played in more of a passing leave than Winslow did as well. Is almost double the amount of years. Yeah, but but this is the only thing for Jason Witten. He's had a quarterback in Tony Romo that has been okay. He's been in his prime some of the years he's played, but toward Tony the, Romo was good. Yeah, he was good. But then toward like the end of his career, he was just, like a little shaky and not very good. So that's why um. Jason Witten kind of his stats kind of went down a little bit, but then you got Dak Prescott came in, took over the role of Tony Romo. Now he's the good old. Announcer. I mean, I can't argue with the quarterbacks. Is Kellen Winslow's quarterback was Dan Fout. So, but anyway, now moving on to our number four. My number four is Shannon Sharp, who played from 1990 to 1999 with the Denver Broncos, and then 2002 to 2003. With oh no, no 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 I messed that up and then after he played with Baltimore for a few seasons sorry I messed that up uh, that was another guy and he's a Hall of Famer uh, four time first team All Pro eight time Pro Bowler and he's got three rings he played two hundred four games eight hundred fifteen catches ten thousand sixty yards and sixty two touchdowns those are that's a very good stat line um you look at he's got the rings he has the hall of fame pro bowlers first team all pro and th- that's a very good stat line uh i think he's like number four on like almost everyone's list uh because i looked around to see what other people thought as well and he's like number four on almost everyone's list yeah he's number four on my list too so yeah, yeah same same he's reasons good. he's got yeah uh he was good um so now uh who's your number three my number three is Rob Gronkowski. So, he's played with, as you probably know, the Patriots from 2010 to he just retired, what, a couple days ago? And he's four-time first-team All-Pro, five-time Pro Pro Bowler, three Super Bowl rings in uh, 48, 51, and 53. 
two. Oh, he was a comeback player of the year in 2014. Uh, played 115 games, 521 catches, 7,861 yards, 15.1 yards per catch, which yeah, is ridiculous, so. and 79 touchdowns. My number three is Antonio Gates, who's been playing since 2003. Three-time first-team All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowler, 236 games, 955 catches, 11,000. 841 yards and 116 touchdowns. So Gates played way longer, though. That's the thing. So Gronza had Antonio Gates for me. Um, listen, if there weren't, if it weren't for injuries, Gronk would probably have played a total of 12, 13 seasons and would be the greatest tight end of all time. He probably already would have solidified that spot. But for me, three is Antonio Gates. Uh, I think Gronk's had a little bit of a better career than Gates just because you have to look at and give, you know, the fact that he played nine seasons, banged up some of that time, which could also go against him. But for me, Gronk slips over Antonio Gates. So obviously your number um, two is Antonio Gates and yes. my number three. Why do you think Gates is better than Gronk? Okay, I feel like Antonio Gates is the Dwight Howard of football. What? Everybody, Why? okay, so... A lot of people don't remember this. Dwight Howard used to be on the Magic. He won three Defensive Player of the Years, and he was a great player, probably, like, a real candidate for MVP. Same mm-hmm. thing with Antonio Gates. He was really good back in, like, 2003. And I don't like the rookies, comparison. His rookie seasons and all. Okay. I, I, I just don't. I, I, I didn't Dwight, ask if you liked Dwight, the opinion. <laughs> no. It's just... I don't know how you can compare, especially like a tight end with a NBA player. Like I don't. Anyway, okay, you know what? Let me get back to what I was saying. You eight, Aiden. You already went over the stats, but right. so back. But when he was like rookie, and like um, kind of like in his first years of his season, he was really good. Oh yeah, he was good. He's number three for me. I think Gronk just ed- edges him out, and I already explained why. So now, uh, both of our number ones are Tony Gonzalez. He played for Kansas City Chiefs from 1997, 2008, and Atlanta 2009 to 2013. Which means this guy played what 16 seasons, and obvious Hall of Famer, um, uh, six-time first-team All-Pro, 14-time Pro Bowler, played 270 games, 1,325 catches, 15,127 yards, and 111 touchdowns. I'm sorry, he's the GOAT at tight end for me. He was able to stay durable, uh, which I think was a huge thing. Like, if this guy was banged up kind of like Gronk. But the thing about Gronk, that's crazy, too. Along with his injuries, he only played 115 games and had 79 touchdowns. How can you argue with that? And for me, he's number two. But Gonzalez has the edge playing those seven extra seasons. I have to give the go to tight end Tony Gonzalez okay, over can I, can I ask? You said, you said um, when I said Jason Witten number five, you said, no, he's because um, Kellen Winslow has played yeah. left. Less games, but now you're arguing yeah, since he no, played no. more games. No, I said no, 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 no. That's not what I. It's it's. It can it can go over either way. Am I working it to my favor? Yes, I, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna work it into my favor and 
you picked it out and backfired it on me, and that's my bad. And I tried picking it out, and but you got my point is the fact that he was able to say durable, and overall, I just have to give it to Tony Gonzalez, and he was able to just produce for 16 seasons. And it's not, it's not like bad for Gronk. It's tough to explain because I like to put it both ways. And I'm going to, that's one of those things that I'm going to work to my advantage both sides. The but only King's reason I said that Antonio Gates was better, I thought Gronk was a better player. But the only thing is, I wouldn't want a guy on my oh, yeah, Gronk injured no, every no, single season. Gronk, no, no, that's not the point. Gronk, Gronk is probably the best tight end on this league, in this list. But only hmm. nine seasons banged up half the time. There's just, you, yeah. you can't pick him number one. You you could, but you'd have to make a good argument for it. For really he's he's got to be like number three or two on your list. So that was a bit of an exaggeration back on those past few episodes. If you haven't seen that, uh, go check it out. So now we are going to talk about our thoughts on the JD Martinez contract. So this was signed like a year ago, but I have a little bit of an unpopular opinion on it. But I'll explain why uh, coming up right now. Okay, so before I really start getting into detail. I know J.D. Martinez had an amazing season last year. And his contract is a five-year, $110 million deal. And I'm not saying I hate the deal. I just kind of dislike it. And here's why. I'm He was well worth his money last year. The five-year, $110 million. But this guy is almost 31 years old now. And we're paying him over the next four years. So he's going to get paid until he's like 34, 35 years old. J.D. Martinez has had injury problems in the past. You look at the two years before he was in Boston, 62 games, 57. Last season, he put up great stats for you. He was hitting, uh, he had 43 home runs, 130 RBIs, which I'm pretty sure was the um, league um, <laughs> the league leader. Uh, and his, um, what, his batting average was 330, which is great. Those are great stats, well worth his money. But, this guy's dealt with injury problems, and I'm just a little scared. You know, this is a Red Sox team who, especially after David Price, which I hate what he did, David Price didn't like it. He was a clubhouse distraction, was not playing well. Oh, could have either, like, decides after he plays a few good postseason games, he's going to sign back for that ridiculous player option. And he, oh, that just bugs me. Oh, and he's allergic to grass, too. That guy, I just don't like him. <laughs> J.D. Martinez. I like J.D. Martinez. He's a great season, but the injuries still scare me. And the fact that this guy's almost 31, plus the injuries, and paying him, you know, a good amount of money, like $22 million a year over the next four years, I feel like, you know, we might be throwing some money away. Especially we have a ton of young guys we're going to have to pay. I can ramble them off for you right now. Not including any pitchers or anything. Uh, Christian Vasquez, sure. I'll throw him in there. But uh, Mookie Betts is going to want some big money. Alexander Bogarts is going to want some solid money. Uh, Raphael Devers, Jay, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., Andrew Benintendi. That's just to name a few out in the field. And you're, and especially the market is skyrocketing right now. Mookie Betts is going to want a major deal. Ben and Tenny's going to end up wanting a uh, pretty big deal. Bogarts is going to end up wanting a solid deal. Devers, like Jackie Rowley Jr. So you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to pick and choose who's staying, who's going anyway. But this J.D. Martinez deal, again, he probably was just like, you know what? I know I have injury problems. My prime's kind of, you know, 
I wouldn't say it's ending, but it's, you know, only has a few years left. I want a long-term deal to get paid. I don't blame him. The Red Sox, I hated the deal when they did it. And after his last season, it's like, you know what? But still, if he ends up being horrible and then everybody's just like, uh, because now people were hating on it. And now ever since they just acted like they never even said anything about it. I hated it. I was proven wrong that first year because I thought he'd come in and wouldn't do good at all. But I still just think down the road it's going to hurt you. And everybody's going to be like, see, I told you. No, 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 no. It's not how it works. I'm going to stick to my word here and think that he could end up. Um, that contract could come back to I'm trying to process how many, uh, how much money 22 a, million. Year, a year. Oh, 22. Okay. It's a good amount of money. Okay. So here's my only thing. So Janie Martinez is probably our best hitter right now. Yeah, our Okay, guys. and maybe who was our best a couple of years ago? Who was our best hitter? Like uh, five years ago, David Ortiz. Did he ever let us down? No. no? Okay. Exactly. See, wait a what? I'm not about to go okay. compare J.D. Martinez to I, I, Yeah, I was going to say no. Okay, all right, all right. Guys, I just had a heart attack just like you. you we're good. All right, what, what's your point? All right, but anyway, I think this was a good deal. J.D. Martinez, all right, I'm going to compare that a little bit. I just don't think in the MLB, it's not like people get old and bad. It's just kind of... In basketball or, like, other sports, like hockey. Yeah, it's not necessarily that. It's just the injuries. You have to factor in those injuries. Okay. In baseball, there's not as much running as other sports. There's still injuries. I'll tell you that. But there are. not as much. As- no, let me tell you. Baseball, it's a 164-game season. You're swinging. Some of these guys can pull a hamstring on the base. Playing almost every day, I'm telling you, baseball, it, it can happen. I'm telling you. Yeah, you, it can happen. You, it's just you not- don't do a ton. No, do you do a ton of running? No, but you still, you have the wear and tear of that long of a season, and especially J.D. Martinez refuses to be a D.H., so he has to go out there and run a little bit in the outfield anyway. It isn't a ton of why running, it, no. Wait, but why I does can, he refuse to be a D.H.? I don't know, and it hurts the team so much because I would have just loved, because now we have four starting worthy outfields and we have to, like, switch out. And it's, it is annoying. I wish you'd just suck it up, be D.H., because Ben and Tenny bets in – JBJ, those are good outfielders. All three of them. No, J- J- I think JD Martinez really isn't. No, so it just works so much. This better is what I think. I this is what I think we should do. Play him at DH because he says he has nowhere to go. He just signed a five year deal. Well, you don't want to make him mad. You just don't want to like. I mean, it's tough. I guess we're just gonna have to keep rotating uh, somewhat. Again, we've discussed maybe a J- uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. trade because Betts can play center field. Um, but again, I, I what are your thoughts on the contract? Do you what mm, what do you think? I think it's fine for now, but don't prove me don't prove me wrong that this deal isn't gonna be good because I really don't want JD Martinez to go break his leg running around the bases. He's not gonna break so like pull a hamstring, like something. This guy, again, before he was here in Boston, the year before. With Arizona, plays 62 games. The year before, with Detroit, plays 57. So, again, before that, he stayed pretty healthy. Um, you know, the first season, he only played, like, half the year. But then he comes in 113, 86, 123. So, you know, a little banged up, sat out some games, but nothing bad. But those two years before, 57 games and 62. And this year, he stayed healthy. But still, he wasn't great in the playoffs. So, 
again, that just kind of scares me still a little bit. I don't know how it can't. Uh, so, we'll see. Obviously, it was nice to see him get revenge against the Astros last year. Who um, cut him previously, so it was nice to see him get some revenge. But that's not the point. The injuries just still have to scare you. Plus, this guy's like 31 years old. I just don't want to pay him. And we have to pay all these other players, too. So, it was nice last year. He really helped us win a ring. Not really come playoff time. He's all right, but in the regular season, helped us get that playoff push. But listen, I don't know. What do you guys think? Call the Anchor Mobile app. Don't be shy. Someone else, Billy. Billy did it, so why can't you? Um, and again, you can, and you can even get featured on the podcast. And if you yeah. don't want to be on it, just say at the end. Say, yeah, I and I because I can hear it and then submit it into the episode, so I can just hear it. And it'd be like, oh, so-and-so wanted me to do this. I don't even have to mention in the episode either if it's just a uh, suggestion. But if it's a thought you have, I'll just say it. I don't have to put it on the podcast. So, again, just download the Anchor mobile app on your phone or whatever you use. Um, I understand maybe there's one or two of you out there that can't get the app. And you're like, I tried, I tried. All right, that's fine. As long as you tried. But it, it's something you can. So, go get that. Type in after the buzz report. Talk, send in a voice message. It's uh, very easy. Um Billy did it, so so can you. All right, so now we are going to discuss why coaching still somewhat matters in the NBA. Uh, We'll get to that coming up right now. All right, so I've said in the past that coach it's a player's league in the NBA, and coaching really doesn't matter that much. But I got into it deeper. What was I really saying? And I didn't mean coaching doesn't matter at all. I do think coaching matters. And here's why. We've had a few examples this season, but think about it. Coaching as a coach, Brad Stevens, like, he, you have to be able to manage some egos here. So if you can, you know, that's why coaching does matter, because you still have to do something. It do, NFL will always be the most important. The MLB, the NHL, I think they're all more important than the NBA. But the NBA still matters because people say it doesn't matter. But does it really? No. I think the players, the talent beats the coaching. But the coach still matters because the coach has to be able to manage egos and get players along the locker room. And I still think they have to be able to. I'm not saying it's because, like, they have to be good in practice or something stupid like that. Just a bland statement. But. We see that this year, like Mike Budenholzer, last year the Bucks were like seventh place. They weren't really doing that good with under Jason Kidd. This year, Mike Budenholzer comes in and runs that offense perfectly. Doc Rivers, who receives way too much criticism, he's kind of a meme, and yeah, he kind of is, but he's still a good coach. That Clippers team, he's coached them very well this year. They're not really that good. They're not a playoff team, especially in that Wild West. They are not a playoff team. But especially after Tobias Harris left, and he still coached them very well. And Boban. Yeah, and there are some examples of bad coaching. Like Luke Walton, some people have been telling me, oh, come on, stop it, Aiden. Luke Walton, you know, this man's had to deal with injuries, Magic Johnson, you know, all of this. It's not his fault. To an extent it is. There were some games where a player would be having a really good game. Like some player would have, you know, 22 points, be shooting like 60% from the field, and he put in the guy with like seven points. It's like, no, 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 this isn't how it's going to work. You know, like, you know, I'll sit here and say like Rajon Rondo, and I don't know, just written in Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, Runzo, Run. Brandon Ingram will be having like a 22-point game. 
shooting over 50%. Rondo is shooting like, has like five points, is shooting two for seven from the field, has like four assists, not really having a good game. We'll put Rondo in. He just puts the wrong guys and makes bad decisions at the end of the game. I think coaching matters to an extent. I do. And I'm not going to count coaching out. And there are some people who mysteriously fall off a cliff after they're traded. Like Rajon Rondo, for example. He was under great coaching and and a great system in Boston. Doc Rivers. He goes to um, a different... Team, I think you went to the Kings after that. I'm not too sure about that though. And he, he did. There wasn't a great coach there, and he just um, kind of fell off a cliff. And season, yeah, like yeah, a little. I mean, I I'm not saying coaching like really matters. Talent every day over the coaching. But he after he played for Boston, um, he got traded to Dallas. Then he went oh, to Sacramento, that's, that's Chicago, the, the Pelicans, the Lakers. So he played for Boston from 2006 to 2013-14 season. And then after that, he went to Dallas for one year, the Kings for one year, Chicago for one year, the Pelicans for one year. He was pretty good with the Pelicans. Now LA at 32 years old. So I don't know if this guy's ever going to stay put. Seemed like a Celtic and then he's all over the place. But it's not the point. I think I want to clarify on that. The coaching doesn't matter. It matters to an extent. Again, the players matter way more. It's a player's league. But the coaches matter to an extent. The Bucks are a great example. The Clippers, the Celtics, uh, the Lakers. So there are good examples. For every team, some of those teams are just like, eh. Some teams, I think a player should coach. Like Bill Russell. Not anymore. No, 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 no. no, no, Wait, hold on. Once. So um, I know Bill Russell did. Okay. Everyone all knows. the all the um so all the people on the team in the in that was that were in the game, the starting five, right? So the coach is there and he's like doing something on his clipboard or whatever. And Martian Gortot takes the clipboard from it and, and draws out a play from them. Okay. And I'm pretty sure the play ended up working too. Well, I mean, that's just a small thing. I, I'd but like let's to say, I'd just, like to see. That's, wait, I'd just like to see one team, like the Lakers, be coached by LeBron while he's playing. I just want to see one game. I just uh, want to see how they do. Like back in the day, that could have slid. Like that was just weird back in the day. But today, a player does that. He leaves someone out who feels they should be in, and all of a sudden, I could just feel like, let's say he has a, a little bit of a grudge for a player that's probably a starter takes him out. Like I could just see that, and then that just creates. A few, this is not going to work. I just don't like that. No, out of the picture. You brought that up before. I just don't like that idea. Uh, no, I just I just want to see LeBron do that one game. I just, just want to see how it will go. All right. So now before we end things off, we'll play a, a quick mini game here yeah. before we end things off that we usually do. I think in the title now, if you've heard, I'm, I'm not even going to mention that we put a mini game. I don't want to keep the title too long. So, just expect a mini game at the end of episodes from now on. All right. Just expect uh, mini games at the end of episodes. I'm not even going to put it in the title anymore because it just takes up space. So I want to kind of keep it short for you guys to so get the message quick. So just expect a quick little mini game at the end. I hope to make them longer. It's not really going to be one question. We have time for a few questions. Like some mini games we might do are going to be way longer. We'll just depend on the episode. So uh, yeah, let's get to that. Um, um, 
minigame. So we've decided to do three rounds where we both go of some good old NBA overrated, underrated, or just right. So first, Colin can ask me the first one, then I'll ask him, then he'll ask me, then I'll ask him, then he'll ask me, then I'll ask him, and we'll be done for the episode. All right, so Colin, you're up. Ask me. Okay. Actually, I'll ask you first. Uh, first, what do you think, overrated, underrated, just right, Washington Wizard shooting guard Bradley Beal? Mm, I'm going to say just right because people, I don't know, some people say he's, some people like overrate him a lot and say he's like, oh, one of the best, he's like the best player in the league. Not, not like, not, 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 not that, but they'll say he should have been like a starting on the all-star team. Some I think people, he's slightly some underrated. People, some people will say that he's like. Didn't deserve to be on the. Yeah, but not team. not many people say that's why I think he's slightly underrated. I just think he's just right. I mean, because he's kind of like carrying the Wizards right now, and people people are kind of seeing that. So, he's carrying the Wizards better than the Lakers are carrying LeBron. Let's actually see if they are. Uh, is Bradley Beal carrying the Wizards better than the Wizard? The uh, Wizards are in the East, given, but they're thirty-one and forty-five. So I don't think, uh, and the Lakers are eleventh as well, and they're thirty-three and forty-three. So LeBron's done a better job um, because he has a few games ahead of Bradley Beal on the Wizards, and he's in the West. Uh, anyway, uh, ask me one now. Okay, Jarrett Allen. All right, Jarrett Allen. I think this guy's a little underrated um, because this guy, elite. Uh, rim protector, and he drops around, you know, 12, 10 to 12 points per game, and he's very young, a seal in the draft. He just doesn't get a lot of recognition. I love Jared Allen, uh, if Thomas is listening Don't we to all? this. Yeah. Um, go see uh, NBA Break It Down. He's the one I'm talking about. Love Jared Allen. He has his jersey, by the way, which is crazy. Uh, it's hard to find, but I think he's a little underrated. Yeah. Alright, uh, the next one I'm going to ask you is Bulls power forward Lowry Markkinen. Underrated, underrated, underrated. I will yes. say that any yes. day. Because do you I don't think people get how good he is. He's like second or third year player, yeah. and he's such a good player right now. He's a young star. I think he's like the second best player on the Bulls. Yeah. Right behind Zach Levine. Yeah. He's a great shooter and he's way better under the basket than people give him enough credit yeah. for. And he's also, yeah, as you said, a great shooter. So, and people don't even, and some people know he's a good, like mid range yeah. shooter. And some people don't even know who he is. So, yeah. Because nobody really watches the Bulls. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Not anymore, at least. All right. So now you give me one. Uh, Jakob Pertl. I think this guy, again, I'm sorry that I keep saying everyone's underrated. This guy is underrated. Like, this is, I guess, just the, we're all saying underrated. I'm sorry, this was not planned. It's hard to find overrated people. (laughs) Not really. It's just, we all just chose underrated. But the reason I say he's a little underrated, I just like him because I feel like he's an efficient, rebounding big man. And no one really knows who he is, but... That's why, and I just think I give him... I overrate him slightly. I think that's why he's underrated. But I do think he's a little underrated. I mean, he's a very, very efficient, good rebounder. So, I, I think Pirtle... I overrate him, though, a little. So, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. All right, the third and final one I'm asking you is... 
Who did I say I was asking you? Jimmy uh, Butler. Jimmy Butler, that's right. Um, Jimmy Butler. I'm going to have to go with overrated on this one. Finally. Because, um... Jimmy Butler is such a bad teammate and does not fit into the 76ers. Um, he doesn't fit anywhere. He he, he he himself doesn't fit. I don't like is he a great fit actually? Not not really with the Sixers. He isn't. But I think he demands way too many top teams. He's fit just, with the Nets. Yeah, the Nets would actually the Nets would actually be a good fit. But yeah. he probably can play in there. So yeah, he's, I, he's, I just don't like complain Jimmy everywhere. Butler is just a disease. Yeah. Okay? He'd complain everywhere. So. Not 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 like you would leave it to the locker room. You know what I mean. Yeah. And so, Jimmy Butler, I think he's the worst starter on the – not worst starter as in talent-wise. But, but just fit. with the Sixers, yeah. I think – If I'm them, I said it. Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler's offseason. Tobias Harris, much better fit. He's younger, way better locker room guy. And I'd say Jimmy Butler's better. He's way better on defense. Yeah, Jimmy Butler's better than Tobias Harris, but Harris – is younger, might demand a little less of money. He's way better locker room guy, better fit. I'll take Tobias. <coughs> From the Sixers. All right, what's the last one you're giving me? Uh, Danilo Gallinari. He has probably just heard me whisper it to him. I don't want to embarrass him. You probably heard me whisper that. All right, Danilo Gallinari. He's one of the more overrated players in the league. Ah. Because we t- underrated. Well, players. we we told each other before who we were gonna. Yeah, do. yeah. So underrated players in the league, and he's so underrated. That people don't even consider him one of the most underrated players in the league. Is he overpaid? Yes. He's overpaid because this guy was like the sixth overall pick out of college or something. And injuries took over his career. And now he's earning the $21 million a year. But this guy averages like 20 points per game. He's a great shooter. I think he's underrated. Personally, I don't really like Danilo Gallinari just because he's overpaid and I don't like overpaid players and he's injury prone. But the guy would be this guy's averaging 20 points per game. And you add all those injuries. This guy actually could have been very good, I think. And I think he's underrated. I think almost anyone that knows who Danilo Gallinari is will agree he's underrated. Like, when people think of the Clippers, they say, they say, Lou Williams. They say Montrell Harrell, Avicii Zubak, Shai Gildas Alexander. And they don't even say Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, they don't even say Danilo Gallinari, who has been their leading scorer for half the season. Him and Lou Williams. Kind of funny story. Me and my friends were actually talking about who's the best player on the Clippers today at school, and none of us even mentioned Danilo Gallinari. I it's had crazy. no clue he was even on the team. That's how much I forget about him. I said, Two for I, this is what I mentioned. I said, so we got Zubak, Montrez Harrell. Williams. Uh, we got Lou Williams. We got Landry Shamit and Shai Gildress-Alexander. Who's their small forward? <laughs> and then Danilo Gallinari. Yeah. I it's always crazy. forget about him. All right, so yeah, again, Anchor Moblock, guys. We finally got our first caller, so I was excited about Yay, that. Billy. I hope you guys notice it's it, that, that's what it is, and you can even not have it on the show. So again, it's easy. I keep explaining it, and I'm going to keep doing it. One more time, download the Anchor Mobile app on your phone, uh, type in after the Buzzer Sports Talk, send in a voice message. Uh, So, yeah, that's all we have for you guys today. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time.